Since the dawn of time, man has reached to obtain that which seemingly lies just beyond his grasp. Reason, enlightenment, understanding. It is said that the game of basketball can provide this fulfillment, but only to those who devote themselves to its principles, to a higher purpose, to end smart basketball. So I think we've got a, just a little bit of a rift uh, with the podcast crew here. It's been, it's been me, me, Bob, and Ned pretty consistently being able to find time in our you know, multifaceted lives of uh, you know, work, family, and whatever else. And, and usually we've been able to find time over the past year or so. Um, lately, Ed uh, claims that he isn't able to stay up past 11 o'clock his time. <laughs> Um, which is which is the case tonight? Um, do you feel a lot, like a sense of uh, abandonment without Ed being here tonight, Bob? You know, you know Zach. I just wanna I just wanna dedicate this podcast um, to, uh, to to someone uh, who, when they hear this, they'll know um, that I miss them, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. And then let's make it a great show. I thought you were going to maybe like dedicate this to Tony, but you kind of left it open there. So, uh, well done. You know, it could be anybody, but I, I think I think they'll know. So we were watching uh, separately, um, but kind of together, I guess, uh, the the Mississippi State Kentucky game on on ESPN. I, I don't watch a lot of college basketball. I didn't realize that Jimmy Dykes. I knew Jimmy Dykes was back to broadcasting since he got canned from uh, coaching the women's uh, Arkansas team <laughs> right. uh, recently. Right. But I, I didn't know yet he was – I guess he had been back as re, uh, uh, as late as a year ago, and he had, he's teamed up with uh, with Carl Ravitch, of, of all people. I didn't realize that was the case. And he was, uh, according to, uh, to Wikipedia anyways, uh, Jimmy Dykes uh, was uh, teamed up with Ravitch last year. So I was watching tonight's game, and Marty Smith is on the sideline. What a, what a treat – of a uh, Marty party of a crew there Marty party yeah so that was a, a pleasant surprise caught the end of that game um, but I want to hear you know your story Bob about you and Carl Ravitch what's the what's the low down there uh, so I, I'm I'm maybe ten years old um, give or take give or take a year or two and uh, I'm a youth baseball player and uh, I'm watching ESPN and they cut to commercial and there's Carl Ravitch with a, a small picture, like a postage stamp type picture in the upper corner of my youth baseball team. And Carl Ravitch says something to the effect of, ESPN supports your local communities, and here's a photo of the uh, Atlanta Braves youth baseball team here in Fond du Lac. Something like that, it was like a 10 second promo. And I'm like, Mom, Dad, I'm on ESPN! And they thought I was completely full of shit. Like just. So do you? Do you yeah. That. So do you, that that sort of promotion or whatever it was that was supposed to be like a locally themed one. Do you think they ran one for every lo- uh, local cable station in America? I do. I do. I, like I feel like. I mean th- that does happen. Yeah. Somewhere out there, I feel like this evidence of this exists, and I want one of our listeners to please find whether this is true or not. So when you were ten, yeah, that that might happen. So when you were ten. <laughs> That would be twenty, roughly twenty-five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yeah. So this is mid '90s. Yeah. Um, 
you don't see a lot of, of, of ESPN random footage on online. I mean, you see, you know, you can watch old Sports Center clips. Uh, you know, someone's uh, uploaded their VCR tape. Um, right, but nobody's saving. That's a pretty common occurrence. Nobody's saving a Fond du Lac uh, promo from 1990. Uh, but you know, maybe they didn't. Maybe it wasn't the Fond du Lac one. But they, if they showed, like, say the the Riverside, California version of that, or or maybe okay, the, that's true. The, the, the Abilene, Texas version of that, I think I I, I could buy into you. There'd be some credibility. Fond du Lac. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it happened. Were you on the photo? So you were on the photo. Yeah, it was me and the whole team. It was like a team photo. Yeah. And you were watching, was, you said it was SportsCenter by yourself? I don't know if it was SportsCenter, it was just ESPN, and they cut to commercial, and there's Carl. Showing me off. Yeah, I don't know if I believe you or not, but that's... Uh, you don't have to, it happened. That's fine. We'll never know, we'll never know. We, we can't prove you wrong on that one. Uh, big basketball news, the All-Star Game format was changed. Yeah. And... The, the a lot of a lot of the initial reaction on Twitter was sort of a, you know a bunch of people kind of like scratching their heads as to like what this is a confusing format, I don't think I like it and the first thing that comes to my mind, is is you've got a, 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 a tendency uh, you, you you like to run the various uh, formats of fantasy football or or uh, pools sports cool uh, pools right and and over the years you've come up with with some pretty pretty wacky you know creative uh, unique versions of these uh, games, and and I want to say that the NBA almost one-upped you on this one. I wouldn't say one-upped, Zach. I would say they equaled me. I, I feel like the concept is very similar to uh, the mini-seasons that I introduced in uh, fantasy football, where like we play three weeks, and that would be like, uh, there'd be a prize handed out for those three weeks. It's kind of the similar concept with the each for, of the three quarters is a game within a game, and then they award points based on that, and I'm not too up on the format. Yeah, no, but, no, that does uh, sound familiar. It does sound familiar, but I don't think I think where the NBA got you was they they took the the cumulative score from those mini games or quarters as they right. call them in the NBA, and then they <laughs> uh huh the team. So there's a you know there's there's a target score at the end. So the you know if it's 25 points, the first 25. But if you're down, you know, trailing say 15 going into the fourth, you, you know you have, to, you have to score 40 before the other team scores 25. Right. You didn't do that in your league. That's fair, yeah. I just feel like, um, I don't know why, you know, it's again, people getting upset about uh, an exhibition game. Who cares? Like, just, why not try something different? Like, the the, the actual All-Star game is never that entertaining in my mind that we can't, uh, can't mix it up a little bit, so might as well. So you've heard of the the Elam ending, right? That's a the what? The Elam ending? No. Like Jason Elam? I don't know if it was actually Jason Elam. I think it's just a guy whose name is Elam came up with the Elam ending. Mm. Not familiar. Let me let me explain it to you. Oh, Basically, it's yeah, actually it's yes, an, yes. They they use it's an untimed. They use that in the uh, basketball tournament. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was called the Elam ending, though, for some reason, but yes. Okay, yeah, so they used it in the TBT, also known as the yep. basketball tournament. Yep. And, yeah, so it's the Elam ending. Again, I don't know, if, I don't think it's Jason Elam. It could be. Maybe it's his brother. Not sure. But, but yeah, it's the Elam ending where it's an untimed, I don't know the exact specifications, but it's basically an untimed scoring uh, total that you're supposed to achieve and not a, a timed result, which I think would be, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it would be the the 
we wouldn't see buzzer beaters anymore, but at the same time, do do we need buzzer beaters in, in basketball for it to be watchable? Yeah, I do. Does that work for I you? I do. I think we need You do. Beaters. So you you need buzzer beaters. Okay. Yeah, I, I imagine how boring March Madness would be without buzzer beaters. Pretty boring. So so the 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 popularity of March Madness is is Primarily because of the concept of the uh, the clock and beating a clock. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. Actually. Even though I'm gonna say yes. Even though uh, I mean, a true buzzer beater doesn't always happen. It's you know, like it's actually pretty rare when the the clock strikes zero as the ball is in the air. It's almost always there's always you know some trace of the clock left. Yeah. Do those still count as buzzer beaters to you? Uh, yeah, I would say if it's under if it's under like. Five, ten seconds? Yeah. Under five. Anything under five seconds. So a shot, a shot made with four sec, 4.8 seconds left is a buzzer beater for you? Yeah, close enough. Really? Okay. <laughs> Anyways. You require, so you require zero, zero, zero on the clock, huh? I think, I mean, if you're going to call it a buzzer beater, I mean, maybe if it's like a fraction of a second where the, if it requires, you know, like a, a, a ridiculous tip shot to, to follow it up to, to win the game. Yeah, you know it's it's not a true buzzer beater. I mean, there's not. I don't, I don't. This isn't like a a huge argument that I'm trying to to push here. I just the point is, I, I really feel like that the game might benefit from an eliminating situation. Um, well, and the point of that just, is to eliminate the fouling, right? Like the nonstop. Yes. Right. The fouling is is sort of the part of the game that doesn't exist until the end of the game when you're trying to make a comeback. You know the concept of fa- I mean, I guess if it were a, a true strategy to outwit your team in a game of basketball, why don't you see teams doing it at the tip, where you just start fouling right away? Mm-hmm. Well, they want to extend the game, like they they're down. They want, they to, want extend, to extend, right? Because they're trailing. Yeah. Right. It's it's but it's a tactic you only use in a situation where the clock. You wouldn't do it if if it was an untimed game where you were your goal was to re- reach a target. Point. So you would be you would be, it would result in a more realistic representation of of the true I guess skill or or quality of a basketball team instead of leaving it up to more random variability with the the foul fest yeah. strategic approach. Right. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Obviously, that's true. But I still don't. I don't. I think that's part of the excitement is that it's. There, there is some more variability, and it's not always like you're going to see like a, a better team melt down in in clutch. So, I, I'm okay with it. I don't mess with. I my guess that's why I find that odd as a yeah you you as a as a fairly uh, seasoned gambler gambler in the the basketball realm would would be wouldn't be more for a, a more structured, less random approach to the game. Um, you you would think so, but no, no. I want some I want some variance in tr- my life. The true fan <laughs> with the human heart has has a place inside uh, inside Bob. That's right. You watched the uh, O.J. Simpson. I mean, he's he, he tweets out videos on a, at a fairly r- regular pace. He's he's tweeted 
three or four videos in the past three or four days. Yes. Three days. His most recent uh, video um, today. <laughs> are, you, are you chuckling? <laughs> okay. I don't know what's so funny. I haven't even said anything yet. Because I've seen the video and OJ is just, he's a, he's a national treasure. I don't even like to hear my friends talk about politics because it's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Uh, so many of my friends, you know, are against the current administration and uh, they seem to even hate the president, which is not a good thing because you shouldn't hate anybody. Then I have friends who I've known for 50 years who says that even though they disagree with the president on climate issues, uh, they're still voting for him because of the economy. Uh, I tell the guys, let's not talk politics. It, it gets too volatile now. But the other night I was out and I have a friend who I call a trumpet. He was standing there and uh, sitting next to me and a lady came up who obviously was another trumpet and they were agreeing about how things are going now and how it's all made up and how all these people are liars. Now, when I heard that, I had to intervene. I had to break my own rule. I said, man, are you telling me that all of these elected officials, members of the FBI, members of the CIA, members of the State Department, even some of his own political appointees are all lying because they don't like the president? Stop it, guys. You sound like idiots. Uh, I've heard you say time and again you're voting for the president because of your 401k and your stock portfolio and you don't care about the rest. Well, that's good. That's your right. You're an American. Vote the way you want. But don't call other people who do care about that other stuff liars. Let's stop with the name calling. <laughs> I was going to say, he starts by saying... Uh... You know, like, it's not good to hate anyone, but then he goes on to call his friends trumpets. Which is very enjoyable. Which I don't know. Is that a term that people use, trumpets? Have you well, it's, it's something that heard that term? OJ uses it, so I'm going to start using it. Okay, so you're going to call anybody that you <laughs> see as a Trump supporter as a trumpet. That's right. It's, it's not, I don't hate them. I just, I'm just going to call them a trumpet. Yeah, I mean, giving assigning them a label of a, what amounts to a fairly harmless musical instrument, <laughs> not a bad way to right to you know politely discredit your uh, in this case his friends. For anyone, for any of our listeners out there who um, who uh, may be offended by our, um, I, I don't know if we'll call it love for OJ, but uh, entertainment by OJ. Uh, I just want them to know that at least at least fifty percent of that entertainment value is in the comments on all of his tweets. I encourage you to check it out. Well, they're, yeah, those, they're all pretty. It's like the same thing over and over, though, right? Uh, uh, you're a murderer. <laughs> I think there's I think there's some fairly every. I laugh every time. There's some witty stuff okay. in there. <laughs> Can we talk? If only Ed were here to, to remind us that that O.J. Simpson is a deplorable human being, and, and we shouldn't. I think that's, allow him into our life in any form. I actually or think that's. Capacity. I think that's why Ed is not uh, partaking as much lately. That he's offended by uh, our feelings for O.J. Well, one thing I know about O.J. is he's a huge uh, Pat Mahomes fan, and and obviously uh, the world is is uh, rejoicing. Uh, after the the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, um, since I think Mahomes is pretty popular, and that's fine. I don't I don't have a problem with Mahomes. He's he's a fine quarterback. What I don't I don't think I like is the comparisons of of Mahomes to Steph Curry. 
Uh, I feel like uh, that's that's. That's is it seems like is it based simply on the way they look? Yes. Like their skin color? Yes. Yes. Exact when I saw this on the show notes, that was gonna be yeah. my exact my exact comment. I think they just they look kinda similar and that's why they're I mean I, I in defense of people who might make this comparison, uh, I think you could argue that they are both guys who changed the game in some regard. Um, because they're you know, generational type talents, but Mahomes in particular is just a good quarterback. Like he's not, he's not like a Michael Vick who has changed the way that football is played. He just has a good arm. He moves well, and yeah. Well, there you go again on your Mike Vick train. Uh, I thought we we got you off the Vick, <laughs> the Vick parade uh, when we had the well, Lamar Jackson. He's not, Vick, I'm uh, just saying Mahomes is a Mahomes is a very good quarterback. But he's not that different from Aaron Rodgers or, I mean, I think he's a little bit more. Sure. You know, like he's, he's just a good quarterback. Lamar Jackson, Mike Vick, those are like, those are guys who change the game because they are so athletic and different from your typical quarterback. That's not Mahomes. Like Curry is, Curry is a better shooter than maybe we've ever seen. Um, and, you know, maybe he's changing the way that kids are going to play, going to grow up shooting more threes. I don't know if that's true, but I guess that's the take. I don't, I don't see the comparison with Mahomes, though. How is he going to change the way kids play quarterback? I do, right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a lot easier for a kid to go down to the you know local park or maybe their, their gym and, and shoot threes, whereas if you're going to play quarterback as a kid, that's, that's kind of difficult. I mean, I, I recall playing, you know, pretending to be John Elway when I was a kid, but I did that, you know, in, in the backyard with a couple of friends. And right. I think I tore my shoulder trying to throw the ball really hard, and that's why I can't throw <laughs> a ball today. But anyways, I, I mean, I, you know, I really, and again, um, the similarities between the two of them really, I mean, they, they do, are they're both very ardent competitors, but, I mean, beyond that, I mean, that's not a very, exactly a unique trait. There are lots of competitive Right, uh, you know, star athletes. You I, know, it almost requires. I mean, obviously, the the two of them are are, are beyond uh, elite mm-hmm. um, in one way or another. Right. Um, but the comparisons are just kind of strange. Uh, I don't I don't get it. Um, and Steph, I think, is actually. I mean, you could argue. I, I I could argue he's generally unlikable. His attitude at times is yeah. is is discouraging. He seems like a little too cocky for his own good. Agreed. Um, I don't think I would ever foresee Patrick Mahomes tossing or throwing a uh, an item into the stands in frustration in the way that, that Curry has once done. I would agree. Mahomes yeah. seems more likable. So, yeah. Glad we can yet again agree on Why did, what is potentially... Can we, talk about, the, uh, can we talk about how you got a red card on Sunday? This topic interests me. Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't sure where to go next. I'm, I'd love to go there. So I, I play indoor soccer... Uh, from time to time, uh, in some some rec leagues in the area, and and I uh, I had the uh, the fortunate um, experience of, of earning a red card on on Sunday, and I've never never gotten one. So they have three levels of of cards at this specific arena. You can get a, a what they call a blue card, which is kind of like a yellow card, um, <laughs> okay. where you get a where you sit out for two minutes. It's kind of like hockey, so you sit out for two minutes. They also have a yellow card where you sit out for three or four minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then there's a red card, and that's the red card's pretty bad because it, it comes with a three game, uh, three a three week oh, wow. suspension. So if you, <laughs> yeah, if you if you play in, in in like you know multiple leagues, you can't play in any of those leagues for three weeks. So so I'm gonna have to um, sit out. I'm I'm gonna try and do an appeal here. I don't know really how this works because I've never. Well, hold, you know, I've, hold I've on, seen people get on, red cards. Hold on, We're, go ahead. Yeah, I don't really care about the appeal process. I want to know what you did to earn the red card. I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm still. I'm in the middle of, of crafting an email to the, the uh, the arena manager who I. Uh, I'm actually. You know, I'm not saying I'm not like great friends with him, but I, I know I've known the guy for several years. You know, he know we both know each other's. Uh, you know, name obviously. Uh huh. I've been playing at this arena for you know nine years now. Right. Um. Anyway, so what happened was, um, and this is a guess is a co-ed game, in the in the <laughs> this, the, the the red card occurred at at the end of the game. What's so funny? Just go on. You got a red card. Is, is in it a the co-ed, co-ed part? What? You got a red card in a co-ed soccer game. Please continue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the the the, the um, I'll just start from the beginning. The, the 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 first instance of the the referee, and the, so the red card came from me and a couple other guys. It was actually me and two others on the team got red cards, but we were all on the bench at the time. We were we were complaining to the referee about not uh, making a specific call at this point in the game. <laughs> I don't, so I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> continue, continue, please. I'm not sure if I can continue. If you're just going to continue to laugh, anyways. Um, so the, the the first sort of problem that we had in the game was one of our players was was uh, you know fouling and getting fouled uh, okay. in the first half, kind of the early, early part of the game. And at one point, the uh, the opposing player uh, started to, to kind of get in the guy's face and trash talk a little bit, you know, which is, mm. it, it's not something you really, you know, it's a co-ed, this is like not just co-ed, but it's like the lowest level of co-ed soccer. So this is like, the, the competition's good. They're, you know, the players aren't bad. Right. But it's the lowest that they offer. Yeah. Um, anyways. So, so the guy got into, the, you know, was doing some trash talking, some finger waving, at the, and then the referee, you know, okay. in plain sight, just sort of didn't didn't do anything about it. Okay. Um, anyways, fast forward, the rest of the game went pretty standard. It was a close game. We were down one, and one of like one of the guys on our team was frustrated with a call, and it, it, he wasn't mad at anybody in particular but himself. Mm-hmm. He kicks, he, he he kicks the wall in like frustration. Okay. Right? Yep. Sure. Instant blue card. So so the blue card, right? Okay. You might recall is a two is, is kind of like a it's a two minute minor if we're talking like like hockey terms here. Yep. And I'm okay with that, I suppose. I mean, it was yeah. it was odd, but it was uh, you know not really uh, you know usually you give like a warning for something like that. You know, he didn't. Right. It wasn't. Uh, he went straight to the blue you know, card. He went straight to the blue card. Went right to the blue. Yeah. And I've played there enough where usually you get a warning. Okay. Anyways, so so we're down. Uh, you know, so we're down a man, down a person. And there's about a minute and a half left, and sorry that that foul sorry that blue card happened with about a minute and a half left, and then about a minute later with about thirty or forty seconds left, mm-hmm. um, where we we were awarded a free kick, and the opposing team wouldn't get out of the way. So and the clock's running this time, so the clock doesn't stop. Mm, yep. Yep. So there, the clock's running, and the you know, the opposing team is standing in front of the ball. You know, they should be carded for kick, that. And the referee. Right? They should be carded. What's that? They should be carded for that. I mean, I'm not suggesting a card. What I've seen in other instances of this arena is the clock, the referee will step in and stop the clock. Yep. Get the opposing team okay. away from the ball, and then play continues. This didn't happen. The referee ignored it. Okay. 
Let's let it go, and then you know, 15 seconds roll off, and then so obviously me I, as the captain, I I got a little upset. I wasn't being uh, you know abusive or offensive. I was just you weren't you weren't yelling like stop the fucking clock, you asshole, motherfucker. There were no okay. f bombs, no vulgarities at all. Okay. I was yep. simply uh, yeah, just yelling, please stop the clock. This is ridiculous. Right. What's going on here? Yep. Things like that. Okay. He walks over and gives me and there's two other guys on the bench also yelling. And maybe they were yelling differently. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to them. I was just trying to get the referee's attention. Yep. And uh, he comes over and awards us all red cards. Wow. Right there, without any warning. Okay. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. So as ex- as explained, that does sound like complete bullshit. Okay. So I'm in the middle of crafting an email to the guy to our arena manager. I'm I'm hoping to get my my appeal uh, at least listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, I may even share this podcast with him so he can hear sort of you know my side of the story. So maybe Sean will. Uh, Sean is the uh, arena guy. We'll uh, listen to this. Anyways, yeah. Uh, thoughts? Yeah, I um, I I thought it was pretty funny at first. After you've explained it to me, I'm kind of irritated as well. Seems very seems very unfair. I was expecting that you did something uh, completely out of line because you lost your cool, but that does not. Well, usually, so let me let me run down the instances where I've seen red cards. They all they all involve. Physical altercations. I've seen a variety of fights in my time over at this arena. Right. Where, uh, right. Uh, like, I remember one of our uh, uh, our goaltenders. Uh, he had kind of a you know a hot kind of a hot head. Yeah. Um. You know, he he runs over, gets into a fight, starting to grab his guy by the throat and picks wow. him up, and it's you know pretty pretty yeah. egregious stuff. That's that, that's red card. That's assault. Right. right. <laughs> that's physical assault. Yeah. yeah. So basically, what I did was a, akin to physical assault. So. Based on the penalty, yeah, okay. Based on the yeah, well, that's it's unfortunate. On the, uh, the penalty. I, I hope yeah. I hope justice is served there, and you uh, you can play next week. I'll have an update next week. Yeah, Good. look forward to it. Uh, what else we got? I know. Uh, so Ed, Ed, uh, uh, we'll we'll retweet this. Ed reached out to to Mike Leach on Twitter. Mike Leach, as you know, is the uh, I'm not sure what to call him. I wouldn't call him outspoken, but he's definitely like an eccentric. If you're not familiar with with Mike Leach, uh, college football coach, head coach, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, recently uh, hired into the uh, Mississippi State. Mississippi. Oh, I thought it was Mississippi. I mean this. This is going to be, uh, it is Mississippi State. Okay, sorry. My bad. Yeah, I get confused. Well, because uh, it's, uh, who's the other, um, I'm drawing blank, the former Raiders. Uh, Lane Kiffin? Well, we are really blown. Lane yeah, Lane Kiffin. Kiffin. He's, yeah. he's the Mississippi coach, Yes, right? he is. Yes. Anyways, Ed's got an obsession with, which, which is fair. I'm not saying it's 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 not wise to have an obsession with Mike Leach, but it's, it's to the point where he's, you know, Reach, stalking him on Twitter, basically. On Twitter, yeah, stalking. Yeah, and, and we'll retweet this. And he went ahead and asked Mike Leach. I should have had this queued up, but I think the question was, "What would, who would win in a fight? A mature boar? No, or no, a mature bison? Or Correct. what was the other? Uh, a, a mother grizzly protecting her cubs. A mother grizzly protecting her young, or a mature bison? Now, obviously. It's it's a pretty good joke. I mean, I'm I laughed, you know, because what what is a mature bison? I, I don't really even know what that even means. So it's, but I'm not sure if he was expecting like Leach to respond with any like like probability, or was it just a throwaway? I'm 
I'm Ed. I like to yeah. to be a stan when it comes to people on Twitter. <laughs> I think he was entertaining himself. And hey, let's be fair. He got he got uh, two other people to to partake in his little game. So that's more, Did he? that's more engagement than we've ever gotten. Uh, oh the, wow, we've got people actually. Is it a single bison or a herd? Right. And what's the landscape look like? Flatlands with barely any trees. Um. So yeah, I mean, he, that's more engagement than at Smart Basketball has ever received, I think. I'm surprised. I'm surprised he didn't also like car, carbon copy uh, Ron McGill, who's the zoo guy on the on the Levitard show, who who frequently um, right fields these types of questions from from callers on the Levitard show. So again, uh, Ed really being original, but I mean, it's a funny question. I, I don't. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and and not pretend that that wasn't funny. I laughed. <laughs> but in in spirit of Ed, I wanted to. Uh, I'll go ahead and play this here. I, I he sent us some uh, some clips. Yeah, it's a pretty good move there. Okay, so this is Ed um, referring to Apex. But he's doing his best, Mike Leach. Here we go. You know, I, I live by three hard and fast rules, and one of them is never make eye contact with an Apex predator. Can't really remember the other two right now, but I'm sure they'll come to me. <laughs> okay. okay, so that's that's number one. Okay. He's got he's got a couple more here. Uh, where where do you think he came up with like was was Mike Leach involved in some sort of apex predator discussion beyond the mascot? No, I, I, I think this all stems from the mascot. I think uh, it does. It's definitely the mascot stuff. Press conference, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got another one here. So a mother grizzly bear versus a mature bison. Yeah, it's something that happens in nature very infrequently. Bisons are herd animals, so it's unlikely a bear would tackle one on its own. A bison really is an outstanding creature with those sharp horns and a thick neck. A grizzly's nothing to sneeze at, but it would have to try and pick off a baby bison or perhaps an infirm adult. Landscape, of course, could be a factor, but a bear would really need to surprise the animal, which I think would be hard to do under the circumstances as a bison has peak awareness for predators. Peak awareness. <laughs> that one's pretty good. I like I mean, that's, That seemed pretty legitimate. I think that's that's actually stuff Leech would say. Infirm adults. I like no, that. he's really nailing the leecher. I, I was a little shocked at think, how well this is. Uh, he might be speaking a little slowly, but he, he's got it down pretty well. Yeah. Have you heard Leech speak? I mean, he's been on the Labatard show like every day for the past week, <laughs> at least or during, during <laughs> Super Bowl week. I have. Sure, of course. He, I, it sounds pretty, yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, we got one more here. Yeah, so few people know that the word buccaneer actually comes from the way these men cook their meat over an open flame. It's really a fascinating study in linguistics. I admire anyone that can really tend to fire for proper temperature or control for cooking. <laughs> I admire anyone who could... Ed Ronsman, everybody. That's, uh, a, that's a winner. We could just... Sorry, Mike that's, Leach. That's quite good. Thank you, Mike. Mike Leach. Thank you, Mike. Um, I think uh, I think we just have one last topic here, Zach. Um, it's my understanding that uh, 
that you don't like to partake in casino nights when there's no actual stakes. Please give me your. Okay. Please tell me why. Why does this affect? And this you? one's pretty. As I've, I've done, I've given them some thoughts. So our our uh, the company that I work for, we they had a company uh, sort of holiday party in January, and the theme was a casino night. So so they had they brought in authentic uh, table games, blackjack, craps, poker, uh, roulette, even uh, real dealers. Yeah. I think it was from a local casino. All right. And yeah, it was, it was very authentic. The problem was that there was no. No, obviously, you know, you, you wouldn't expect to have real real money involved because we weren't at a casino. But you'd think they would have done some sort of, you know, uh, use your chip prize for maybe prize, having the most right? chip. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe you know because they had a they had a raffle, so maybe you know they'll, we'll do do a raffle, and and because there was no stakes attached to it, it was uh, you know anybody who who I knew to be you know. A gambler, and I've I've been to Vegas to do some conferences over my time at uh, where I work. Right, I know who likes to gamble, who doesn't like to gamble, and everybody who has or was you know has gambled, you know for real money wasn't wasn't interested in playing uh, at this you know fake casino night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought it was interesting. Uh, I uh, you know the human the human nature on that one. I, I again I'm not here to criticize the 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 approach there I, I don't I don't think it's anyone's fault that we couldn't you know bet real money it's 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 kind of illegal so, so mm. that's probably why it wasn't allowed but uh, at the same time it was I do I do it was think boring for those of us I do think you have to like yeah attach some stakes to it right like you got to be like if you if you have a thousand chips you can uh, trade them in for a ticket for a prize drawing right like there's got there's got to be something yeah, like that something yeah anything. So if there was that, I, I might have played. And but people were, you know, hooting and hollering, and as if we were in Vegas, you know, they were playing craps and good for them, as if they were real money. But those are the kinds of people that I have to imagine don't actually go to the casino and, and actually bet real money. I would I would agree with that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought I th- so that's the uh, yeah that that was the I didn't know nothing really too terribly uh, yeah. earth shattering there, but I just thought it was okay. uh, it's it's not often you 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 know you're in a room with people who. You know, to be gamblers, to sort of not partaking in what is to be known as a gambling activity. Speaking of gambling, uh, I'll share this. Uh, we call it a jangle. Uh, it's for our, our friend of the podcast, Joel. Uh, Joel Angle. Uh, one of his angles for betting college basketball is taking first half unders for uh, for uh, basically a ranked team goes on the road and is only favored by a couple points. Against the team, take the first half under. That's that's the angle. Your mileage. What's your success rate on that this season? Your mileage may vary. Uh, I think I'm a little bit ahead on it, but okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like your take on it. How, how do you feel? I think it works. I'd like to know um, a little more exact. So it's 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 just the team has to be ranked, or is there any other potential for an outlier in that category? I think like it, I think it could be a potentially a not ranked team, but like a, a tournament bound team against the team that kind of okay. that needs a win to be considered for the tournament. And so sure. the, the the theory is they're going to be amped up to play some some good D, and that's going to help their defense, and the crowd's going to be amped. But it's not going to help the offense because they're they're too pumped up. Their shooting isn't quite as good. Ergo, under. I mean, I can't I can't disagree with that. I think it's a ma- an amazing angle. I wish I uh, I could dedicate more of my uh, my time to to betting these uh, 
types of angles. I, I just don't know how to how to leverage this for for profit. That's your that's your jangle. Our listeners will figure that's it out. That's my jangle. Yeah, listeners will figure it out. Does he listen to this podcast? He doesn't. I think on occasion. I know. I, I know he's. Yeah? I know he listened to the uh, the step back uh, defense for sure. He did the step back defense. Yeah. We need to play a greatest hits. Uh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, that'd be on there. I mean, I think I had a. I think we did do a greatest hits at some point. Uh, probably already, but I don't remember if. Probably should have done that when we actually had a lot of new listeners from uh, the Zach Lowe mistake. <laughs> 